this is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Are you ready to get some PR? Well, sign up for free and get my template today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back today to coffee number five. Uh, today, I want to be a little more serious than normally am um, because uh, there's this thing that has been bothering me a lot lately. And I don't have an answer for it. So as usual, I go and I try to find answers. So today my topic is common sense. What's common sense? Where can we find it? We, we come with it, we learn common sense. Where do we get it? Can we buy it? So I invited Mr. Martin Lindrum. Did it, Lindrum, did I say it right, Martin? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Welcome to Coffee Number Five. Thank you so much for taking the time of talking to us uh, today. Um, you are top Thinker Fifty list. Uh, time Magazine is featured you so many times. I mean, you are it. So I came to you for answers. What's common sense? Well, it's a very good question. Thanks for inviting me on your show, Lara. I appreciate that. Listen, common sense for me is to see the world through the eyes of another person. And I think the issue here is that common sense is disappearing for multitude of reasons. Here's what's so interesting. There is a direct correlation between common sense and empathy. Guess what? Empathy is also defined by feeling and seeing things from another person's point of view. And what we're seeing right now in the world is that empathy is having an existential crisis, uh, not just because we don't know how to connect with people because there's typically a camera and a screen between us. We also see that our attention span is diminishing. We don't have a lot of time to wait for other people to give us that answer. The coffee breaks, the water cooler moment is gone, the canteen moments are gone. We simply do not have empathy for each other. And I think the best way <clears throat> to illustrate why this is so important is to go back in time. Now, in 2010, um, three college students actually were sitting in the dorm room smoking weeds. Go figure. Mm -hmm. And they were completely off their head. And they shot a lot of photos and posted them online. And guess what? The day after, hell broke loose. And of course, they were saying to each other, oh my gosh. Should we be able to retract those photos? Well, guess what? This was the foundation of Snapchat. Today, a $100 billion company. Now, what's so fascinating about this is Snapchat was started, was founded based on the principle of empathy, the ability to put yourself in the shoes of an audience and feel what they're feeling and recruit like-minded people all sharing that same value, that same emotional insight. And then the company is growing. And what was really interesting about Snapchat was that later on in 2013, they actually received a check from Mark Zuckerberg uh, of $3 billion and they declined because they didn't feel he understood empathy to the degree they did. So what I'm saying to you is when you are a small startup, empathy is very prominent because you are empathy. As you grow bigger, suddenly compliance and rules and regulations are taking over and you're changing the view from an outside-in point of view to an inside-out point of view. And that's where it disappears. So why is common sense disappearing? First of all, because of technology. Second, because we don't have patience anymore. Third, 
because we slowly forget what the core purpose and mission is of companies and brands. And because of that, we slowly start to see the world from our point of view and not the world's point of view. And there's no difference from this to the private consumer out there, to an individual who is losing common sense because in the end of the day, we're not exposed for other cultures, other behaviors. We're sitting in isolation behind our screen in mm -hmm. our small little community groups on Facebook or whatever it is, where there's like-minded people sharing like-minded voices because we don't want to hear other people's views. And suddenly, common sense is disappearing. This is fascinating. I mean, I can be talking about this for a long, long time, but since our time is limited, I want to ask you a few questions because I see also there is a correlations like, uh, and I love that you brought this empathy um, in into consideration because I see, for example, reviews. Now it's so easy to put reviews out there and you have Glassdoor, or you have everywhere. And everyone is only thinking about themselves when they put the reviews. They are not thinking about the company. They're not thinking, and I mean, we know that mostly people that they're upset, they're more eager to put a review than someone who is happy. That's a known fact. So how can we do, what can we do to create more empathy and to get, uh, create more common sense. How can, can we reverse this? Because I see also there is a generational effect. I said, uh, I'm a generation X. I see the millennials, so they were different. The Z gen are different too. I see it in my students. I saw it, it I see it in my kids. And you, it's totally right. Empathy, we're losing empathy. We're losing common sense. So how can we get it back? Well, Laura, I'm going to give you an answer which is very unexpected for you, and it may also be slightly tricky to execute, even though it sounds super simple. Get rid of your phone. Now, okay, this is crazy. What I'm saying right now, I know. But five years ago, I decided to skip my phone. So I don't have a phone at all. No kidding, no phone, no smartphone, no conventional phone. And it's what I learned through that exercise. I learned that... Um, first of all, when we have a phone, we don't see details anymore. Uh, whenever something is happening around us, we take the lens in front of our eyes. We don't even see our newborn baby walking for the first time. We see it through a screen. That means we don't see details around us because we constantly are afraid of not recording it, not capturing it. And that is the first issue. The second issue is we don't meet people anymore. When we meet people, it's curated through an algorithm. Think about it. You go to a bar, you're waiting for someone when, and the person is late. What's the first thing you do? You grab your phone and do anything with your phone so you don't look like a complete loser. Now the third oh thing my God, I am such a loser. I'm such a loser because I'm completely the opposite. I'm, I, my husband always makes fun of me that I go and I, I do a line and I come back with a friend or, a, or with business. You already are ticking the boxes. Here we go, right? Uh, and I now, mean, it, Maybe because I don't have a good eyesight, so I cannot see what my phone, but uh, I feel like uh, you're totally right. It's like we're losing perception in what's around us. We, and we it's like a fear of making that connection and eye contact. I mean, my mom always said, you have to know already. So you can always try an interaction with someone. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, but, a absolutely. And I guess the, the third thing I've learned not having a phone is that you never get bored anymore. Boredom 
is the foundation for creativity, is that pause in life, mm -hmm. which give you the opportunity to see things in a different perspective, to reflect on things, to combine two ordinary things in a new way. And when you think about those three different factors, they actually are linked with empathy. Because empathy is the ability to see the world from a different point of view, to have the time to listen to it and understand that and put yourself in the mindset of another person. So my advice to you, if you, whoever is watching and listening, want to increase empathy, is to put yourself in the shoes of another person. Now, you can do that by minimizing your phone use and not use it on Sundays, let's say, but you can also do that by putting yourself literally in the shoes of another person. I did that some, some years ago where I spent time with a blind person for a whole week walking in the footsteps of a blind person for an entire week, being blind myself. And that's where I heard the world differently, I felt the world differently, I smelled and tasted the world differently. And guess what, when I took my blindfold off, I also saw the world clearer and differently. And that established a sense of empathy, not just with people who have a reduced eyesight, but also with the world, because I saw it differently, right? Yeah, it's like being in other people's shoes, using that, experience, that experience of being in... It, it's really easy to judge others, right? Very quickly. And we're very good at it right now. And we want to do it in five seconds because we have no patience to do the deep research and truly understand their point of view. So we go to the keyboards, we hammer something up very quickly and we move on not knowing how we actually caused a lot of damage and put ourselves out of control, right? Yeah, so what step we will say that, because I, I feel like lately we're moving too fast. People want to grow in jobs. We want to move from one place to another. There's no patience to grow and learn. But if you don't give time, how are we gonna, you gonna learn actually? Well, as I tend to say, the world has never gone this fast and will never be this slow again. And I think the issue is that this is just the beginning. So in my opinion, you need to do appointments with yourself. You need to ask yourself two things. One is, what is the moment where I thrive the most, where I generate the most ideas, where my thoughts are truly reflective? I call that the water moment. Now for me, the water moment is to swim. Whenever I'm swimming, that's my creative zone. Whenever I'm in contact with water, I really think in a very well. So I'm actually putting one hour swimming into my calendar every day, which is for the sheer purpose of me kind of meditating, but also connecting dots in a new way. But that could be just as much as you're running or you're doing something else. Don't be on the phone in that period if you're sitting in a car or whatever, because it is not meant to be that. It is a transition time. So that's the first thing. The, the second thing for me is when, when you do all this is to ask yourself, what would you like to get out of this in the end of the day? What type of person would you like to be in the end of the day? And I think the issue we have is that a lot of people never pause and ask themselves that question. They just raise a hat in the rat race of ticking boxes which are defined by others by mm -hmm. career path, by matrices, by scoring systems. But when did you say to yourself, if I was on a lonely island and brands would not exist, and by the way, there will only be you, how would you put up a different goal? What would that be? And beside the obvious of getting a hold of food, 
I'm pretty sure that the success metrics you have today and what you'll have on that island would be very different. So my yeah. question is, why is that? Because we've been seduced by peer pressures into a world of metrics is defined by others. So I think if you get rid of that or at least minimize that, that also can help you solve that challenge, right? Yeah, and also like if you were in the island, you would be bored to death. Besides trying to get food, you will try to have innovative ways to use your time. Absolutely, absolutely you, agree. And it's, it's correlating really well with creativity and innovation, isn't it? Well, creativity for me is to see the world from a different point of view, and it is to combine two ordinary things in a new way. And you can only do that by exposing yourself for a lot of other things. So over the last 15 years, I have uh, lived in more than 3,000 different homes, lived in them across more than 100 countries. It's part of my job to see and understand and feel other people and I wrote a book about it called Small Data just to share how these seemingly insignificant observations you make every day actually can have a profound impact on how we can change the world or innovation or cultures. Uh, but I have to say, going through this process, it helped me stimulate my own, my own degree of creativity. And it's really given me much more appreciation of life. Because if you only see the world from one point of view, how should you be able to appreciate what you're doing? Because that's a standard, that's your benchmark for yourself. But if you suddenly one day are finding yourself in a shed somewhere in Nigeria, living on mud with other people, which I've done, or being kidnapped in Venezuela and Caracas, or on the other hand, living with billionaires in Germany or in, in UK, when you see in these multiple different points of views, you suddenly get a eureka moment. You have a eureka moment and you start to see things in a very different way and feel it. And that actually makes you more happy as well, I have to say. It's so true what you say about that seeing the world differently. I remember my parents, I was very lucky my parents uh, traveled the world with us as little kids. And there are places that maybe I don't remember as well, but I remember the experience. I remember about feeling different, being in different countries, different sounds, different smells. Yeah. And I think all that give you a different perspective. I try to do the same with my kids, but um, today we live in a, a much more global world than before. So we can access Italian food in Los Angeles. No, you don't have to go to Italy to get real Italian food, but still it's different. It's different being in Italy, feel the Italian culture and how people express themselves and what people love about and understanding that. I always say that you cannot understand language, like English is my second language. And even though I understood the language, I didn't understand what people laugh about. That is so, so powerful just to yeah. connect with others and to understand what others laugh about, what make them sad. And Absolutely. cultural is very, very, has a big effect on how- Well, Lara, that is basically the essence of empathy, isn't it? Yeah, Because it it's, I think we have so many references. If you come from Italy, let's say, you know some of the TV shows on Rayono and Raidu, 
From a child, you know the Italian jokes, you know the culture references, and what you probably also will realize is that if your partner happens to be Italian, you somehow connect through cultural references much quicker, mm -hmm. and therefore it's easier to see and feel the world from different points of views because you actually have the same reference point. You have a bridge of emotions. If you suddenly have a partner from another culture, I'm sure you would be in love with he or her, but or him. But I think the reality is that it's harder. It's harder because you don't have that, you could say, building bond pre-developed uh, and set into that dynamics you have. So absolutely, uh, empathy is part of that whole mindset you're reflecting on there. So before we go, I want to ask you this last question. What is that experience uh, very early on that make you start this journey and be who you are? Because I believe that's always something that happened to us and it tells you, it move us in that direction of make us who we need to be. I think the most important advice I can give you, and you probably won't believe me when I'm saying this, but no, I've been fairly successful and, and fairly lucky, I would say. But I have, like anyone else, problems and challenges too. Everyone has that through life. And I always say to myself, when I have a serious challenge or a problem, I always say to myself, first of all, what's the worst thing that can happen? And quite often I realize nine out of 10 of all issues are unnecessary. But I also ask myself, if I could get advice to my younger self, what would it be? And the number one advice I always give to myself in situations like this is, Martin, for some reason, it's always an unnecessary concern you have there. For some reason, it always solves itself. And for 52 years, which is my age, that has been the case. Now, I've asked a lot of other people about exactly the same question, and I got exactly the same answer. So my answer to you is be yourself. Don't be afraid of standing out. Don't be afraid of the ramifications or the consequences because in the end of the day, for some reason, nine out of 10 of all concerns are unnecessary. And if you are dictated by and defined by others, it's not you, it's someone else designing your life. And I could not think about anything worse than another person designing my life. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Martin, for sharing all this wisdom with us. You are welcome. And to you guys, I will see you next week with more Coffee Number 5. Find everything you need at larashmoisman.com or in the episode notes right below. Don't forget to subscribe. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.